Welcome to Capital Yards, the podcast where short stories set in Canberra, written by me, Sean Costello, are brought to life in audio form for your listening pleasure. Just for a reminder for those that uh, may not be familiar with the format, these stories have all been inspired by requests made by people via social media who have nominated three items for me to weave into a story set in Canberra. And this week's uh, yarn seemed to be a fitting one for this time of year. It's a truffle festival in Canberra, truffle season. People are out there with their dogs at searching for the elusive fungus. They're uh, at restaurants eating it. They're attending events. Uh, it's very uh, black and bumpy-like in Canberra at the moment. It's also a big game for the Brumbies. And so uh, it felt like this yarn was a timely one. There might be some temptation for the Brumbies to a little extra performance boost. But as some footy teams in Australia will tell you, you really do have to think twice about taking those supplements, no matter what form they come in. And as delicious as our local truffles are, you just never know what impact they might have. And so we have this cautionary tale inspired by three items nominated by Rose G. White on Twitter, Lycra, Lake Burley Griffin, and of course, that rare commodity, the truffle. Hope you enjoy it. It's called the blackest of truffles. Emily walked into the bar with trepidation. It felt exactly the way she thought it would from first impressions outside. The walls were wood panelled and adorned with a range of framed sporting posters. Any remaining space was filled with large screen televisions and the floor was sticky, causing her shoes to make a disconcerting gooey sound with every step. She looked down at her shoes. Do all traditional Irish pubs come with the same sticky wooden floorboards? Philip smiled grimly back to her, scanning the room as he spoke. I didn't even know there was an Irish pub in Tuckernong. Before them was an oblong bar, around which was wrapped a room in roughly the same shape. A variety of seating options were provided in the same circular shape throughout the room. Bar stools stood immediately around the bar, and then taller tables and stools, and finally cubicles around the outside windows. Look, Phil, Dante's first three circles of hell. Shall we take one of the outer cubicles? I believe that was the part of hell reserved for the purveyors of deep-fried food. Are we sure this is the place? PJ's in Tugrenong, is what the guy said. At least the pub is real, even if his story, or the man himself, isn't. Phil looked again round the small venue. The man they were meeting said he would be wearing an ACT Brumby's blue hat and advised them to do the same, which they had obliged. Spending so much of their working day wearing team merchandise meant generally both preferred not to wear the team colours after hours. But it was an easy enough exception to make tonight. Still, no one appeared to be paying attention to them, and he couldn't identify any other Brumby's caps. He could see a larger man in his forties seated at the bar wearing a white Canberra Raiders tank top, revealing a goodish tuft of shoulder and back hair, and a young blonde woman sitting at a cubicle wearing a Brumby's jersey, but that seemed to be the extent of it. All right, let's grab a cubicle. Can I get you a drink? Yeah, gin and tonic, please. Emily sat down and Phil joined her shortly afterwards with the drinks. Surprisingly cheap. And they have my favourite beer on tap. Emily looked at him dubiously and sipped her drink. She was about to comment on it when she became aware of a man approaching their table. He was tall and thin, 
possibly in his late 30s or early 40s, and wearing a suit, but tireless, and with the three top buttons of his business shirt unbuttoned, revealing a tanned, hairless chest. He was also wearing a blue cap emblazoned with the Brumbies motif. Emily noticed it appeared to be brand new. The man sat down at their table and smiled at them both in a slightly forced manner, revealing a row of blinding white teeth. He looks like the kind of guy that spends his whole day smiling, Emily thought, like a used car salesman. Is that what he's selling us today, some used junk he's tarted up to spin onto us? The man shuffled slightly in the cramped cubicle to get comfortable. Emily and Philip, I presume. Sorry I'm late, but I think it's just gone six. I'm James. Have you been waiting long? Phil picked up the slight inflection in the way the man pronounced six. Is that a New Zealand accent? Strange for a Kiwi to want to meet in an Irish bar, particularly out here in the burbs. Feels like the start of a joke. James smiled. I am from New Zealand, and I don't need to tell you how much we love our rugby there. But we also love good beer and food, and this place has both. Us New Zealanders can generally do with a lot of the hipster fads you have here in the centre of Canberra. Your lycra-wearing crowd drinking at flashy new bars around Lake Burley Griffin, with their young liberal mates and food bloggers taking selfies. I prefer something a little more grungy like this place. Well, you've got the grunge part right. James smiled. My dear Emily, don't knock it until you've tried it. They have a wonderful range of beers on tap. My personal favourite is the Fat Yak Pale Ale, though the Kilkenny is a wonderful thick and warming influence on a cold night like tonight. And the Guinness Pie is the best in the city. I'm sure it is, but I'm more interested in this tip you're going to give us for our players' diets. What exactly are your qualifications? James met her eyes. I'm a microbiologist by training but I prefer to describe myself as a sports scientist these days. I trust you've studied the reports and results I sent you, particularly those involving the Canberra Brave? Philip nodded. They've been impressive, although it's unclear what part your magic formula played in that. James leaned back in his chair and laughed heartily, again revealing his incredibly white teeth. I think you'll find my formula is entirely responsible for that. I have a number of other teams interested in a range of sports. Phil nodded. That may be the case, but Emily here will do her own independent testing. She has recently been seconded to the team from the university. She'll run tests in her own lab with her own mice. We won't be rushing this product onto our players in light of recent events. James nodded. Of course, but you can't do that unless I tell you my secret, and for that... Phil pushed an envelope across the table. There's your money. So, tell us your secret. James leaned in closely and whispered, Truffles. Truffles? Shh, James said. Keep your voice down unless you want every super rugby team in the Southern Hemisphere to know the secret. He leaned back and regained his composure. Local truffles, to be exact, from this region. Mixed with just the right amount of dairy and protein. Something in that combination unlocks something in the truffle, and the results are incredible. He passed a piece of paper across the table. These are my preferred formulas, but you're open to try combinations of your own. He stood up to leave. That's it? You're not staying for the Guinness pie? 
I arrived here an hour ago and was watching you both from down the corridor. James gestured towards a narrow exit which led to the toilets. And the pie, as always, was delicious. Philip and Emily exchanged confused glances, but before they could ask any more questions, James was turning to go. He paused for only a moment before leaving, as though one final thought had occurred to him. However, something about it didn't ring true to Emily, as though even this last thought was all part of the performance. Oh, and it's your choice about whether you use black or white truffles. I think the black ones give better results. But I've had a few issues with um, side effects. Nothing I'm sure you can't iron out. And with that he was gone. Emily and Philip would never see him again. Three months later, Emily walked into Philip's office and passed him a folder. I have the results. And? Incredible. Just incredible. 55% increased stamina and physique in the mice using the white truffle formula compared to the control group. 120% for the black. I've never seen anything like it. I've spent some of my time in recent weeks perfecting the formula. It seems to work best in a liquid form, comprising equal parts brie cheese, truffle and rare beef. And side effects. What side effects have there been? The only difference I can see between the mice using white and black truffles is that the mice with the black have a darker pigment to their fur. Well, and they seem to take greater risks. At least they appeared to start attempting jumps from their wheels. But with their improved physical forms, they could sort of pull it off. Leaping from their wheels? Yeah, strangest thing. With tow ropes. Sort of like bungee jumping for mice. Weird. Well, risk-taking rugby players aren't necessarily a bad thing. And we're sure this is legal? I have found nothing on ASADA or WADA's guidelines involving truffles. I've also done research around the world, and no one has ever had these sort of results with truffles before. There is something about ACT region truffles, just like James said. Still, I'd like to wait before we start using it on players. Phil sat back in his chair. I'm not sure we can wait. The team is performing poorly, crowds are down, my job's on the line. I'm down to my last throw of the dice. Emily took a deep breath. <sighs> well, okay. Maybe if we did give it to them prior to the next training session, I can monitor them throughout and we'll see how Stephen thinks they pull up. Phil nodded. A week later, rain pouring down over his thick Brumby's jacket and beanie, Brumby's head coach Stephen Larkham walked off the ground wearing a broad smile. He walked up to Emily and hugged her, pulling her first towards him for the embrace and then away from him to meet her eyes. The results of your diet are amazing. I can't believe truffles would have had such an impact. That was the most incredible training session I have ever seen. I don't think there was one dropped ball. The backs completed every set piece we've been practicing and invented a couple of new ones. And the forwards broke the scrum machine. He led her into the training sheds, the smile still on his face. That's great news, Stephen, but I'm not sure we can keep up the level of performance. But why, Stephen replied, looking dejected as the smile slowly left his face. We're right in the middle of truffle harvest now, so this is the time when they are most bountiful. 
However, what with the festival and the amount of food bloggers and restaurants demanding new truffles, it's hard to source the large amounts we need for the formula. I've tried French black truffles of Canberra, Terra Petra truffles, Tarago truffles, Tarala truffles, Trufflegate, Blue Frog truffles and La Trufferia. We could try the local... But before Emily could continue, Phil entered the room panting. We've got a problem, guys. The players have called an emergency meeting. They're angry and they're talking differently. How do you mean differently? I think it's the truffle mixture. They're talking about moving to Bondi and a group of them have started performing the haka. Some of them are saying they won't get out of the change room until we deliver pink lamingtons. And they want beers, but Emily only in sex packs. Sex packs? Stephen asked confused. Sex packs? Emily paused to consider the ramifications of what Phil had said. Of course. Now what happened to the mice makes sense. And James, his tan, his accent, he knew all along. I don't understand, Stephen said, looking bewildered. The truffles are turning them black from the inside out. How bad is it? I think we're too late. They say they'll only play for the All Blacks. Well, thank you, Peter. I should have mentioned at the top of the show, Peter Hewiston, again, lending his considerable voice talents to that yarn. Uh, Also, thanks to some family members who pitched in there and another voice that might have sounded a little familiar. Uh, Look, whether you're a rugby player or not, I'd still encourage you to get out there and try some local truffles. If you're anywhere in the Canberra ACT region at the moment, they really are delicious. I'm planning on going to the markets today to get myself some, I must admit, um, and I've name-dropped a lot of the suppliers in that yarn. You can get all the details uh, of the suppliers, the events that are happening, uh, the wonderful foodie uh, opportunities there are in the ACD region at the moment to go out and, and have a fine dining experience with truffles at the Truffle Festival website, which is trufflefestival.com.au. A bit of a call out this week too, guys, to if you do enjoy the podcast, drop some comments into iTunes, maybe if you don't, be honest. Uh, but the more comments, the more feedback uh, you can provide, particularly via iTunes, uh, the more I'll know about how to make the podcast better and uh, and also it'll get a little bit more prominence in iTunes for other people that might want to listen to the stories. Thanks particularly to Katie Schmady, who's already provided some comments on iTunes. Thanks to Hashimoto, local Canberra band, who provides the wonderful theme for Capital Yarns. A reminder that you can grab the Capital Yarn zines, uh, which are the single story format or the book which is a compilation uh, of a whole range of um, stories and photos donated by local photographers for each story at a range of retailers around the city just jump on the website uh, www.capitalyarns.com.au all the retailers are there and you can also find out how to request a yarn or listen or read one of the uh, stories that have come before but until next time thanks for listening bye for now